This is the story of Mary in the Bible, her encounter with the angel Gabriel. Just to kind of give you some facts about this. Um, in fact, if I was to give you the title, I think I said it, Pregnant with Purpose. Amen. God wants, in fact, do you know that you're pregnant? God wants you to be pregnant. God wants you to give birth to something. In fact, the whole idea of pregnancy here is more than just a historical fact. It's more than a, a story that happened 2,000 or more than 2,000 years ago. It's, it was a, a very important story to illustrate how God comes into our life. The whole story of Christmas is about a divine interruption. It's about God interrupting the plans of people. We find that Mary and Joseph, a spouse, they were engaged to be married. Can you imagine an angel coming to you and giving you a prophetic word that you are going to be overshadowed by the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to give birth to the Son of God, the Messiah, that's going to bring salvation to the entire world. From Adam even to the second coming of Christ. Mary was given this kind of a promise. Now think about it. This word had never been given before. There had never been anything such as a virgin birth before. There had never been any time in history where a woman had encountered an angel that was given such a promise. Not only that, she was engaged to be married. So the kind of message that was given to Mary would be the kind of word that would drastically and dramatically change the direction of her life. That's what it meant. Some of us, we'd probably think, my, my George, the, the wedding announcements are out, the limousine is set, the, the honeymoon is planned, the family is all planning on, and then all of a sudden, you get an announcement that God has another plan for your life. How many of you know that that's really what the picture of salvation is all about? It's God coming even at a time when you would not expect and asking you, would you like to be participant or participate in something that is going to change the world? That was the word that God gave through Gabriel to Mary that night. But it wasn't just a word to Mary. There are six angelic encounters. Matthew 1, Matthew 2, Luke 1, 2. There are four chapters in the New Testament that give the account of the Christmas story. Six encounters. All six encounters, the Bible says that when the angels encountered these people, it says they were troubled. Everyone say trouble. When the angels came to them, it says they were troubled by the encounter. And by the greeting. You know, sometimes people think that, wow, when, when God speaks to me, I, I think it'll be a word of, uh, of great joy and great peace. But the Bible says when these angels come, they were troubled by the greeting or troubled by what they saw. And, and it, it brought them to a place where they were startling. And here's the plan, folks. God was basically saying that heaven is coming to earth. God was saying that I have a plan for the entire world. A word that is going to bring change and transformation to mankind. The human race would never be the same. That was what Christmas is all about. And so we have these accounts here. And I want to go through this because I believe that, that even today, I, I believe the Lord wants to bring a conception. I believe he wants us to conceive, even in our own hearts this morning, in the very womb of our own minds and our own hearts, there once God desires for there to be a conception of a promise, conception of a vision, a fresh vision for your life. The kind of vision, the kind of promise that transforms. There's three things in, in this these these things that happen. Number one, each one of them experienced a personal encounter. Number two, each one experienced personal transformation. And the last thing, each one of them begin to move into the realm of supernatural influence. 
Encounter, transformation, and supernatural influence. How many of you know that's what salvation's all about? God wants to bring encounter to your life. It's more than just a religious Christmas pageantry. God's plan for our life is to, to really open our eyes to something supernatural. You were created to be more than just ordinary people. Christmas is more than, you know, the white Christmas song and Santa Claus. All those things are fun and we enjoy those things ourselves and our own family. But Christmas is about an encounter with the Holy Spirit in our life, in our home. And and I I just want to pray right now because I even believe right now it's possible, listen to me, it's possible to conceive. It's possible to hear the word and to conceive that promise and to receive it. But it's also possible to miscarry. There's times where we kind of have a spiritual miscarry or even a spiritual abortion. We abort. The enemy comes and he begins to speak a lie and, and there's an abortion. There's a miscarry. We, we lose the promise. We, we just kind of let go of our faith and what God was saying to us. Maybe in years gone by and we've just we've kind of let that go by and no longer are we carrying the promise of the dream that God put into our hearts. So I want you, I want you to bow your heads this morning because I believe the Lord even this year wants to just baptize us afresh with the power of his transforming presence. Lord, we just come before you this morning. We thank you for the Christmas story. We thank you, Lord, that you come to, to speak a word of life to us this morning. Lord, we know that Christmas is more than just a historical plan, but Lord, it's in tended to be a transforming, life-changing experience that even in the here and now that we can experience. Father, we pray that even this year, Lord, in our families, as we, as we celebrate the, the coming of our Lord and, this, and what he did for us at the cross, that, Lord, we would come to recognize, Lord, that our life was meant more than just making a living, more than just procreating and just living life and having plans here on earth. But Lord, our life has an eternal destiny, an eternal purpose, a life-changing influence that will touch those even around us, even right now. Father, we just pray that you would anoint our ears, anoint our hearts this morning as we receive the word. And everyone said, amen. Let's just, let's read a few verses, make some comments, and we're going to pray. But notice what it says in the sixth month, verse 26, again, the the angel has already come to Elizabeth, or I'm sorry, Zechariah, the the father of John the Baptist. He's had a hard time with the word. The Bible says that he, he, he did not believe the word of the Lord. But now the word comes in the sixth month. Gabriel was sent by God, verse Verse 26, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. The house of David, the virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, for the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. At his saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. The Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived... In her old age, this is now the sixth month for her, who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. 
Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Verse 39, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country to haste with haste to the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice. Everyone say loud voice. God's going to get some things going loud around here. Amen. How many of you are ready for some volume to be raised? Now, some of you may, oh, Pastor Ray, that's just not my, that's just not the way I've been raised. I've been raised to believe the house of God, the church is quiet, reverent, and dead and silent. Well, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, God's going to make some things a little louder. God wants your life to make some noise. Turn to your friend next to you and say, God's going to make you noisy. Amen. You're going to bring some noise into your life. And the people around you, you may say, well, Pastor, that's just not the way I am. Well, that's exactly right. That's why the Holy Spirit has come to transform your life. He never intended to leave you the way you are. Because the way you are by yourself, you're dead. You're lifeless. There's no power apart from the Holy Spirit. What we have here is in the Christmas story. The Christmas story is about God coming to ordinary people. People that are in the, in, in the agenda of their own life. They're in the form of their own life and their own plans. And in each one of them, God comes. And He begins to speak a prophetic word that begins to empower a vision that lifts them and transforms them. and helps them to believe that there's more to life than just where they're at. And they begin to give birth to something that is beyond what they used to be. People begin to notice, you're different. You're transformed. How many of you believe that's the power of a spirit-filled church? That's the life of people who have been changed. God begins to make a difference. And here we find, just in this one example, in this one young lady, Mary, when Mary begins to hear, I love what it says when the angel comes, because this is the first time we're now coming out of an old covenant era, out of, out of, the, out of the old covenant, which was the glory of it, was condemnation. It was death. It was religious ritual that all of, of Judea and all of the people of Israel in that day, that's all they knew. Religious rituals and death and condemnation and laws and ordinances and commandments that were given out of dead priests with dead services. There was no life upon the people at all. There was no hope. But all of a sudden, Gabriel comes on the scene and the first words out of his mouth is, Rejoice! Everyone say rejoice! The word rejoice in and of itself is a message. What God was saying to Mary was, you are in a new season. I'm here to baptize you with joy and with rejoicing and let you know that from this time on, your life is going to be followed by joy and rejoicing with promise, with power, with life. There's going to be instead of condemnation, you lady are under the favor of God two times. Two times God says through Gabriel to this young lady, this young teenage girl, he says, rejoice, highly favored one. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're highly favored. And he says, rejoice, highly favored. Now, 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 you know what I think is so funny? I mean, to me, it's comical. Because in the next verse, he says to rejoice, Highly favored, the Lord is with you, and you are blessed among women. Everyone say, among women. Now, I, I want to kind of straighten some theology out here. Because I know we've got our brothers and sisters who worship and talk to Mary. The Bible didn't say that blessed are you above women. It says, blessed are you among women. 
In other words, God is saying here that you are the first among others that are going to follow you. God's going to bring favor not only you on you, Mary, but among women, God's going to begin to bring the same message of favor and life and rejoicing and joy and blessedness. And Mary, notice what it says about Mary. It says, when Mary hears this, she is troubled. Everyone say troubled. I want you to understand something here. Do you know that when God begins to do do new things in your life, sometimes it can trouble you. Do you know what? It just might be that you might be in the right church when you leave that church and somebody says something that troubles you. Good preaching, Pastor Ray. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know why? Because God is getting ready to bring about an exchange, get ready to bring about the kind of transformation to bring you into new levels of understanding, vision, and calling for your life. It says she was troubled at the greeting. Why was she troubled? Because she was not used to hearing words of favor. She was not used to hearing these kind of words of affirmation. Words of, of, of confirmation, words that were prophetic, words of favor in her life. She was not used to that. What she was used to was being told by priests and leaders that you're not doing enough. You're not obeying enough. You're not doing enough in the kingdom. Because you see, under the law, under the old covenant, you were never good enough. You never found that place of peace and rest, that place where you were in fellowship with your heavenly father. But here the first time the message from this angel comes opening up the New Testament is the word rejoice. It's a season of joy. It's a season of life. It's a season of the favor of the father coming, bursting upon the scene on the earth. And it's coming In the form of a baby who's not going to be recognized and revealed in the high palaces of Herod. But he's going to be born in the stinky slums in the manger of a baby among farm animals. Aren't you grateful that God comes right down to where we live? A farm animal. where, Where a manger... By the way, folks, I don't know if any of you have been around. I was raised on a farm, and we had two barns. And both barns smelled like manure. We had horses, we had sows, we had pigs, we had cattle, we had chickens. And every time you went into the barn, it smelled like barn animals and manure. So when Jesus was born, you know what? I believe in the wisdom of God. God was trying to say something. That it doesn't matter how stinky and how sick and how bad and how low you are. God's love reaches right down to the lowest of the low. And out of the lowest and out of the worst of conditions, the blessing and the miracle of something new can be birthed that will be supernatural, that is going to bring life-changing power and vision into your situation in such a way that even out of that situation, not only does God bring transformation, but God begins to birth something fresh in your own heart and vision. And what we find here is Mary, as she hears this word, she's troubled. She recognizes that I've never heard these kind of things before. I I even believe right now that some of you God's been speaking to you words. He's been giving you dreams. He's been speaking to you even out of just your normal Bible reading. And he's been speaking to you and giving you words, even maybe through your spouse, maybe through your children, maybe through the pastor, maybe through leaders. And God is saying even to you today, even this Christmas season, it may be a simple word like this. There's more. There's more that I want to do in your life. There's more that I want to 
impregnate. I want you to conceive and recognize that there's more than just where you're at. And the Bible says here that as as the angel begins to speak the word, I love what it says here, that the angel begins to comfort her and says, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. I love it. God says it two times. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. Everyone say great. See, God wants to do great things, and he wants you to conceive of great things. The, the whole birth of Jesus here is much bigger than just a story in the New Testament that gives us some kind of a historical account of the coming Savior. It's what Jesus is doing in every life. Remember years ago when, uh, when I was in eighth grade and I went to my youth camp for the first time and I remember a youth pastor from Tacoma, Washington, he, he came up to me and I was in the eighth grade, I was at this youth camp and he comes up to me and I, I didn't come out of a family with ministry. My, my dad, my mother were not in ministry. I wasn't around ministry. But this youth pastor came up to me at youth camp. By the way, parents, kind of a sideline. It's important for your kids to go to youth camp. It's important for them to experience God at youth camp. I'm going to even go so far as to say it's more important than sports camp or scouts camp. If your kids get a hold of God, it's going to take them a lot farther. Good preaching, Pastor Ray. Amen. I'm not against sports camp, youth camp, scout camp, girl camp, all the other camp. But I will tell you, there's something about youth camp. Your kids will be touched and transformed for life. And it's worth it. I remember going to youth camp. In fact, I didn't want to go. I remember because... I wasn't used to being gone from my parents for a whole week. And I thought, wow, first time I'd ever went to camp. And this youth pastor, his name was Bradley. Brother Bradley comes up to me during the lunchtime. And he says, young man, God's hand is on your life for great things. God wants to use you in powerful ways. And I looked at this guy and I'm thinking, what planet are you from? What are you talking about? God wants to use my... I'm just an eighth grade kid. I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm here because my mom made me come to youth camp and he comes up to me and tells me that God has great plans for my life. I literally laughed. How many here have ever laughed when God spoke to somebody about something he wants to do in your life? Well, I laughed as a kid. I thought, well, I mean, you, you, I don't know who you're talking to, but you're not the right guy. And I walked away. Well, then he comes to me later that day and he says, by the way, in our early morning chapel service in the morning, the Lord spoke to me, says, to ask Ray Galligan to preach before 300 kids. My first sermon that I ever preached was before 300 kids. Now, guys, it's hard enough just preaching before you guys. But as a young eighth grader, my first time I ever preached was before 300 other young people I had no idea what I was going to say. I didn't know, no one ever, you know, I never learned homiletics or hermeneutics. I never uh, really understood Bible study. I did have uh, some understanding of some Bible stories. Thank God I went to Sunday school and learned some Bible stories. But I really didn't understand a whole lot. But God was beginning to birth something in someone else who saw something in me. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is going to speak to you from other people about your future. It's called prophecy. God wants to speak to you. It might be through a parent. It might be through a pastor, a leader, a friend. God will come and speak into your life. And the tendency is like Mary. The tendency is is to say the same thing like Mary said. How can this be? I haven't gone to Bible college. I haven't been trained. I don't know everything. I'm not even so sure I can talk in front of it. I don't don't know what I can do. How, How do you see that? Folks, that's what Christmas is all about. The, the, the greatest Christmas present under your tree this morning is that God has His hand on your life. 
And he wants to do something so mighty and so explosive. He wants to just blow your mind with how he wants to use you even on a global basis. So much bigger than what you could even imagine, ask or think. How many of you know the Bible says that God has plans and he loves and he wants to reveal those things to those who love him? It says our eyes and our ears and our heart can't even comprehend or see or even hear those things, the things that God hath planned and prepared for them that God, for those who love God. And that's what's happening here in the life of, of this young lady. You know, it's amazing. As soon as she hears the word of the Lord concerning what is going to happen in her future, I think it's interesting what she doesn't say. She doesn't say, time out, time out. Wait a minute. Great word. I'm engaged. By the way, I'm in a Jewish culture. And if I am pregnant, I will be stoned. How many of you know that doesn't sound like great news? Mary knew very good and well. By the way, it's not like the American culture today. If you're pregnant, it doesn't matter. But in that culture, if you were found pregnant and not married under the Jewish law, because it was a very strong religious community with strong religious influence under the government. If you were found pregnant outside of marriage, you could be stoned. And you would be excommunicated under that culture. And so when Gabriel comes with this word, this young teenage girl, Mary, has a lot to digest. But interesting. She makes a statement at the end of this communication. She says, let it be unto me according to your word. Mary recognized, and I believe it was because of the word of favor. It was the vision, and it was the amazing message of hope that was imparted to Mary that gave her the willingness to do three things. I want you to write these three things down that I think that prepares us for greatness. Because what God was doing, he was preparing. First of all, Mary surrendered her life to the will of God. She surrendered her life to the will of God because she saw that God was going to do something that was beyond, listen to me, beyond her own personal happiness. You know, I run into a lot of people and they think that the goal in life is to be happy. I want to be a Christian so I can be happy. I want to find a man so I can be happy. I want to get a job with lots of money so I can be happy. Do you know that happiness will never bring fulfillment in your life? Happiness is a result of circumstances going your way. But even when things go your way, it never brings fulfillment. In fact, nothing outside of the will of God will ever bring. Mary was willing to even put her personal credibility, her own uh, her, her character would be questioned because they'd never been a virgin birth. They'd never been a woman ever get pregnant. Because the Holy Spirit oversaw. I mean, th these were terms. These were these. This was something that was so beyond what anybody had ever heard. But Mary had come to a place where she began to embrace the Word of God and the will of God because she knew that God was going to do something that would actually involve the salvation of mankind, and that she was going to be in on it. She was going to be a part of it. And the Lord begins to confirm and affirm His favor and grace and love on her life. But she surrenders and she says this, Be it unto me. In verse 38, Behold the, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. And it says, and then the, then the angel departed. You know what's so amazing? Notice down in verse 39, that Mary arose and she goes down into the hill country and she visits Elizabeth and notice what this young little teenage girl does. She turns into a prophet. The Bible says that she goes in as she greets Elizabeth. It says that at the greeting, just at the greeting, Elizabeth comes into the house 
and greets Elizabeth and it says suddenly Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit simply because of this young girl coming into the house. How many of you know that God wants to use your influence to fill others with the Holy Spirit? But not only that, she begins to prophesy over Elizabeth. And then she not only that, when, when, when Elizabeth hears the greeting and says she's filled with the Holy Spirit, her influence causes Elizabeth to prophesy back to Mary. And then she says this, when you came in and I heard your greeting, the babe in my womb leaped. Everyone say leap. Mary's presence caused a leaping of the baby in the womb. In other words, Mary was now carrying with her the presence, carrying with her an atmosphere. She was carrying something upon her life that was beginning to quicken. Here's, here's Elizabeth. She's just a pregnant woman in the latter years of her life, but when she hears Mary come into the room, the Bible says the baby leaped. The word leaped in the Greek there means to be quickened or come alive. In other words, Mary now is carrying the presence and the power of an anointing <clears throat> that begins to transform and change people from natural, ordinary people to supernatural, prophetic, visionary, life-changing history makers. It's powerful. Mary begins to sing the song. And she begins to rejoice, and Elizabeth begins to rejoice. They realize they're making history together. Something is about to happen. Something is about to be birthed, and it's coming through us, through my son, and through your son. These two women come together. It's going to be world-changing. I'm here to tell you this morning that Christmas is more than just a story. The story of Christmas is about you and I also conceiving of the Holy Spirit, the promises of God. Mary, first of all, in closing, she surrenders. She says, let it be to me. Let's all say that together. Let's say what Mary says. Let's say that. Let it be to me according to your word. Can you imagine saying that when the Lord speaks to you? Let it be to me according to your word, Lord. Let it be it to me. Behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Behold, the servant of the Lord. Wouldn't it be amazing this year as Christmas, as we become come before the Lord in His presence, that we, be, we, we all say, Lord, behold your servant. Lord, behold your servant. Ray Galligan, Lord, I'm your servant. Lord, your promises are so great. Your favor And the word of the Lord is a word that transforms and it transcends just natural life and ordinary living. And Lord, I I just surrender myself to you this morning, Lord, to take my life and transcend it into a place of supernatural life and affirming and and empowering others, Lord, in vision and life and prophetic, Lord. Let it be to me, Lord, according to your word. Let it be unto me, according to your word. Not according to what the world says. Not what's popular in my school. Not what my friends are saying or doing. Not my plans, but Lord, behold the servant of the Lord. I'm your servant. I surrender all to you, Lord. I surrender all to you. The second thing that's important here is not only Mary surrendered to the Lord, but Mary believed the word of the Lord. How many of you know it's not just enough to hear, but it's, it's important that we believe it. It says she believed God. And the angel said, I love what the angel said, because he was speaking also to Mary about the birth of Zachariah, or the birth of John the Baptist. Let me tell you something. Why in the world did the Gabriel speak to Mary concerning Elizabeth's pregnancy? Why was that important? You know what I think God is saying? This is what the Holy Spirit was just downloading to me. 
God's going to begin to use you to bring revelation about what God's doing in other people's lives. God's going to use you to be prophetic, to be a prophetic voice about what he's going to do. How many of you believe that in the restaurant, at school, God wants you to bring revelation and understanding to people? I want to tell you, there's times right now, in fact, just just this week, I was at a store, I was over here at Home Depot. I was going and getting supplies, and I was at a cashier statement. And I looked at this woman's life, a woman, she was a cashier, she was a Hispanic young lady. And I said, you're, a, you're, you're married to your husband, and you... And, the, and I, I said, can I share something with you? She said, sure. I just was coming through the line. Actually, I was in a little bit in a, in a little bit of a rush myself, but the Holy Spirit just downloaded this to me as I'm speaking to this Hispanic Lord, a woman, and she said, and I said this to her. I said, you know, the Lord's mercy is upon you and upon your husband, and you two are considering making a decision about leaving the city and going to a different strategy. And I said, well, I want to tell you something. The Lord is in it. God is in it and his favor. And he is hearing your prayer. And I told this woman, she was a checker at Home Depot, a Hispanic young lady. And I said, the Lord is in it. And he's going to bless the fruit of your labor. He's going to bless because you have sown into the lives of others. She starts streaming with tears right there at Home Depot. And that's all I said. I said, can I just say a quick prayer? She said, yes. I just put my hand on her shoulder like this. I said, Father, just confirm your will. Bless her, Lord. Be with her as she and her husband goes into the next season of her life. She said, I said, you're welcome. Now you may say, well, Pastor, what, what was the purpose of all that? It's about conceiving and giving birth to what God wants to do in you, through you, to touch the world around you. The Christmas story is not about me, me, me. Have you noticed Christmas? Hey, what are you going to get me for Christmas? What am I getting under the tree? Let me tell you, the greatest joy, the greatest thing you can, can, can affirm and to give to some other person is to teach them how to be a blessing to other people. The greatest blessing you can give your children is to teach them to give. That's what God was doing with Mary. Mary gets the word about what God's doing in her womb and what God's going to do in the birthing of the coming Messiah. But then he begins to download this prophetic revelation about what's happening with Elizabeth. She goes to the Elizabeth house. God begins to confirm and affirm to her how she is carrying an anointing. She wasn't just carrying a child. She was carrying heaven. She was bringing heaven on earth. She was bringing the glory and the power and the favor of the Father and this amazing relationship. Mary was no longer just a woman engaged to a man. She was a woman that was carrying now the very presence and the essence of relationship with her heavenly father. She was now in intimacy, in an intimate relationship and walk with her heavenly father. She could hear the voice. She could hear the Holy Spirit. She had prophetic accuracy and she was bringing the glory of God and touching lives around her. Boy, that's what God's wanting to do with us. I don't know about you guys. But this is bigger than us. How many of you know Christmas is so much bigger than just some little promise? God wants to use you to be a prophetic voice. And he wants you to be loud. Oh, he wants you to be amazing. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're amazing. And tell him this, you're loud. Praise God. You may say, Pastor Ray, what are you saying? I'm saying God's going to use you, amen, to get the attention of others. Do you know that the Bible says that the earth groans and yearns and waits for the manifestation of the sons of God? The earth right now is groaning for the manifestation of heaven to be revealed on earth through the church. That's you. Christmas is bigger than some historical story about Jesus being born in a manger and, and, the, and, the, and the, the wise men, the magi coming from the east led by the star. There's so many powerful stories and 
points and principles in this story, but it's all supernatural. It's all powerful. The last thing is here is that Mary realized, and this is one thing I'm, I'm, I'm really praying we can get this. Mary realized that her life would never be ordinary again. Her life was supernatural. She was called to something supernatural. God was bringing her into greater levels of understanding, greater levels of grace, greater levels of understanding the Father's, love, the Father's with me. The Father is speaking to me. You know, when I had that word for that little Hispanic girl over here at Home Depot, I didn't have any star from heaven. I didn't have an angel tap me on the shoulder and say, go to that woman and tell her. No, I just had a premonition. It was an impression. And I opened my mouth and I spoke and I said, you and your husband, you're making plans. And I see you praying. And, and she said, how do you know this? And I said, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. I said, the favor of God is on you. God's with you. And because you've been a blessing to others, God's going to make you a blessing. And bless the fruit of your labor. Bless your hands. And I just touched her shoulder, prayed a little prayer, and left. I know, I know that woman is marked for life. Do you know that when you come to strangers and you give them a word, you will mark them for life? They will never forget it. How many have ever had somebody come up to you that never knew you, gave you a word that marked you? Isn't that amazing? Do you know that's supposed to be a normal way of life for all of us? That's supposed to be ordinary for the believer. And I'm just here to tell you this morning that Christmas, the greatest package God wants to open up for us is He wants to open our eyes. He wants to open our eyes to the fact that He's going to grant birth. He's going to birth great and extraordinary things through you and through us this year. God wants you to begin to think and believe outside of your box. He wants you to begin to believe that God can take you out of your little life and your life. It's not insignificant. It's very significant. But God's going to take you to new levels. But He's going to speak things to you. Listen to me. He's going to speak things to you and maybe even through people you would have never expected. And when He speaks, listen to me, it might even trouble you at times. Because it's not what you're used to. How many of you know God's used to speaking things to what we're not used to? And sometimes, it, it really it makes me laugh sometimes when I hear people, they're looking for a church, they'll say, you know what, we're looking for a church. And I'll say, what are you looking for? Well, we're looking for a church and trying to find people that believe what we want to believe. And I kind of laugh. I said, guess what? You're going to die. You know why? That's what a cemetery is. Cemetery is a place where a bunch of dead people are. They all agree. They're dead. You see, if you want life, God's going to be, where, where God is moving, God is stirring. And where God is stirring, things are never left the same. Amen? And, and it, there, there might be some, what I call spiritual agitation, spiritual intervention, spiritual interruption. But that's what salvation is. It's God intervening, interrupting, speaking a word saying, this is the way, walk in it. And like Mary, behold the handmaiden of the Lord, let it be unto me. Let it be to me according to your word, Lord. I need to surrender. I need to trust. And I need to embrace an extraordinary life of grace into the supernatural. Can we bow our heads? Maybe this morning you may say, you know, Pastor Ray, I know God is speaking to me. I know God has been speaking to me a lot about drawing closer to Him. I know He's been speaking to me about words that says there's greater things ahead. There's been challenges in my life. I've been going through some spiritual battles lately. Some of us may not even realize that you've been going through some battles and some tests and You've been going through seasons of warfare, even where your faith, you've even, uh, the enemy has challenged your own faith and belief in God. 
I want to tell you something. That's nothing to be afraid of because it's actually a sign you're on the right track. The devil doesn't bother people that's not pressing into the Lord. But sometimes when we're pressing into the Lord, we can come under attack. The devil likes to intimidate and put us down and say, you know what, you're never going to amount to nothing. Look at all the mistakes you've made. Look at all the failures you have in your life. If everyone in the church knew about you, oh, they would kick you out of the church. That's the kind of harassment that Satan puts on the body of Christ all the time. It's a lie from the enemy. This morning, God wants to lift our vision higher. He's a father that wants to bring a word of rejoicing, a word of favor, a word that says, do not fear for you are, are greatly loved by the, by the father, by the Lord himself. And he's got a mission for us. He's got a mission this coming year for our lives. Maybe this morning you may say, you know, Pastor Ray, I've, let, I've allowed myself to become stagnant. I've lost sight of the vision. In fact, maybe you might even say, I've, I've even almost miscarried the promise of God. God gave me a word and I let it go and I've just let it die in my womb, in my faith womb. I've let it die. God wants to restore that word. He wants to restore that promise to you this morning. Maybe you've said, you know, Pastor, I've been, been under attack a lot lately by doubt and by fear. And I just need the Lord. I, I, I need to draw close to Him this morning. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Right now, anybody, I see your hand. Anyone else? Just gone through a spiritual attack. See your hand this morning. I see your hand. Amen. Amen. I see your hand. Now, I want to say something else. I believe there are those here this morning that God has given you a specific word. And it's a word concerning direction and calling in your life. It's a word that has to do with how He wants to use you and speak through you. But you pushed that word away. Because you were afraid that you didn't hear right. Maybe you were afraid that you couldn't do it. Because it was all in your own strength. You've ever felt like... God has spoken to you. You push that word. And you want the Lord to revive that rhema word to you this morning. I want you to raise your hand. If that's you this morning, you push the word away. Okay? See your, see your hand. Amen. Anyone else? God has given you a word. You push that word away. What I mean, I'm talking about this. Sometimes God gives you a word in the form of a gift. I remember years ago, my granddad, my grandmother, had two foster daughters living with them in their home years ago. We were opening Christmas presents together. And do you know one of the foster girls chose not to receive the gifts? They chose not to because they had had so much abuse in former foster homes. And they begin to perceive that the gift was some form of manipulation, some form of just negative manipulation. They couldn't even receive it, and they pushed the gifts away. You know, God wants to do great things, and sometimes the enemy plays with our mind and says, your Heavenly Father doesn't really want to bless you, doesn't really want to do good things, great things in your life. And so we push God out. That's a lie from the enemy. And this morning, some of us need to be healed in the renewing of our minds. Our Heavenly Father wants to renew your minds. I, in fact, I want everyone, can you do this? Put your hand over your head like this. Just put your hand. Father, I pray right now that, Lord, you would give us the mind of Christ. That our minds would be renewed, Lord. Any negative thought, any fiery dart, any thought that exalts or opposes the will and the word and purpose of God for our life. Father, we bring those thoughts and strongholds into obedience to Christ. We bring those thoughts under the authority of the word of God. We cast down every thought that would exalt 
itself against the will of God. Any, any attitude, any behavior, anything that I think that would, be, that would be in rebellion to your word or even reject the promises of God for my life. Father, I pray right now that my mind would judge between good and evil, between holy and that which is unholy. Father, give us discernment this morning. Give us understanding. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Can you stand to your feet? Let's stand to our feet this morning. Can we just take each other by the hand this morning? When you're holding the hand next to your neighbor, maybe your spouse, a friend, why don't you just kind of squeeze that hand? Just squeeze them a little bit. I want you to turn to that person right now and say, you are special. Did you do that? You're special. That's important. You're special. I want you to do this. Turn to them and say, there's no one like you. Now, last one. One more. One more. This is life transforming. I can tell it's happening already. You're a blessing in my life. Amen. Do you know that's what Christmas is? It's letting people know you're special. It's letting people know there's no one like you. Letting people know that you're a blessing in their life. That's what Jesus came to say to you. You're special. There's no one like you. You're special and you're a blessing. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord. Amen. God bless you. In Jesus. Yes, Merry Christmas. God bless you. In Jesus' name.